Hi, everyone. Welcome to a special movie-themed episode of Building Community. Today, we are going to talk about a movie that's getting a lot of buzz, and it's nominated for Best Picture at the 2023 Oscars. It's also nominated for Best Actress, Best Actor, Best Director, Best Supporting Actress, pretty much all the awards. And it's the movie Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, featuring Michelle Yeoh. And it's a mix of like science fiction, drama, fantasy, um, but it's also at the heart of it about a family and their own dynamics. So um, it's really exciting because it's an Asian American lead and it's a predominantly Asian cast. And we wanted to highlight the underrepresentation of groups in film and television. So we're really excited to talk about this truly unique movie. Um, so have some tea and join us. Yeah, I'm super excited for this one um, because yeah, it has a predominantly um, Asian cast, which, you know, I feel like we're seeing more and more of these days, which is great. Um, and it's actually a, like a really great, solid movie. And it's it's nothing like, I, I would say it's accurate to say it's like nothing I've seen before. It's It's very much like its own, like, sort of work of art. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, this, the science fiction slash fantasy genre, which this is um, kind of fits into that genre as well as drama and a couple of other genres, but that genre isn't really like my forte. It's not, it's not like my um, preferred genres. Usually um, I'm, I'm not much of like a fantasy person. I've never really gotten into like Harry Potter, unfortunately, or like Star Wars or Star Trek or like any of those sci-fi things. Um, but this was really interesting because it had like a very interesting backstory, which we can, uh, delve into further, but, um, just the dynamics of like family and like mothers and daughters was was really interesting and I think they did a really great job um in in just like highlighting that dynamic so um in terms of what the movie is about um the movie is um <laughs> we have it written down it's it's the most original sci-fi film to date <laughs> so that's pretty big praise there but um, so the movie, the main character is this woman. Um, uh, she's a middle-aged woman. Her name is Evelyn. And she's basically, she owns a laundromat with her family. And she's just kind of um, sort of struggling a little bit in her life. She's just kind of like going through not a midlife crisis, but just like a life crisis, just kind of like feeling stuck in her life, I would say. Um and what happens is, I don't know, the, the plot is so hard to explain, but um, what happens is there's, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to suck at explaining it. Do you want to give it a try? Yeah. So I just have to say, like, my initial thoughts about this movie, like, when I first saw it, I was like, this movie's like, so weird, right? Like, I just thought that, um, honestly, I wasn't even sure if I was going to understand it. And like when I saw the preview for it, I was like, we're going to be talking about this movie. I got to like be able to dissect it, but I'm not even sure if I'm going to understand this movie. Like what if I walk out? Because I, I do like science fiction. Like I like Doctor Who and um, I like Harry Potter, even though that's like a fantasy or a fantasy type of thing. Fantastic Beasts as well. But like um, I think that sometimes I've walked out of movies before where it's like I didn't get it. I have to like watch it again and like really think about it and like analyze it. But um it's it's a weird movie and it's weird in a good way like i think it's truly unique um and so it follows evelyn and she is a very anxious person and so it follows her family dynamic she's drowning under the stress of her family's laundromat and overall family dynamic so that's something that's really familiar to us in the asian community to where it's like it's an immigrant owned business that's like a kind of very at this point, more common um, archetype in a lot of Asian narratives where you have um, somebody owning a business and struggling and there's different layers of family dynamics, what it means to survive, what it means to like be a family, what it means to um, have different, have differences and like different generations. Um, her relationship with her daughter, Joy, threatens to unravel the fabric of existence um, because at some point, when she's at a um at an accountant's office, Evelyn learns that she is just one 
Evelyn and a vast multiverse of Evelyns. And um, it's just as weird as it sounds. So she's an immigrant hero. It's this multiverse tale where she learns different skills from all of her different Evelyns because the Evelyn that we're following, Evelyn Wang, like she's the alpha Evelyn. She's like the hero of the story. And all these other Evelyns are just supporting Evelyns, like getting her to her goals, getting her to her like um, helping her learn stuff and helping her realize that life is crazy. <laughs> just it's still it's um it's really interesting. So um it gives a lot of different layers to the story and having Evelyn think about the things in her life that she does she didn't accomplish. So a lot of the Evelyns, this is my opinion, like a lot of the Evelyns in her life, like so she's this Evelyn who she doesn't listen to her parents. She marries her husband and they have a kid and they they're really broke. They own this struggling laundromat that's gonna close soon. And now she's in an accountant's office probably being accused of like tax evasion, like unable to pay for things. And um, her, a version of her husband, Waylon, um, he, he comes in and he's like, you're just a Evelyn within the multiverse of Evelyn's. And I think you are the alpha Evelyn. And um, when she learns about the different Evelyn's, there's like a movie star Evelyn. There is like a Kung Fu master Evelyn. There's like a, lesbian Evelyn who's in love with the accountant Evelyn there's a Evelyn that um is at peace with everything so like it's just it's all these different aspects of Evelyn that she doesn't embrace I'm not saying that she like um takes on any of these identities permanently but they all become a part of her so that's kind of interesting yeah I think what's really relatable about the movie is it the concept of a multiverse is sort of new to me like I've seen it before and like um, I've seen it in the tv show The Flash but I haven't had too much exposure with it Um, but it's just this idea of having like different versions of yourself in um, different worlds or universes um, where you're just leading different life paths Um, and I think that's super relatable because we're all like, I think everyone thinks, you know, what, what would have happened if I made this decision in life or what would have happened if I, you know, didn't choose this person or I chose this person. Um, so I mean, I think the, the story really delves into that. And, um, as you said, like Evelyn, she makes a choice early on to kind of leave home, um, from leave, leave her parents' house and, uh, um, join, um, her, her partner at the time. So, um, that, that was like a big decision that kind of like, um, formed the trajectory of her life. So, um, I think uh, then we see Evelyn and now she's like in, you know, owning, owning a sort of a middling, um, you know, kind of struggling business. And um, I think we see her and she's just like, probably I would say dissatisfied in general. Um, I mean, I think, I think she's, she's a little bit disappointed in how her life turned out. And I think that is what was most relatable to me is I think we all have um, these perspectives or views on how our lives will go or like um, what will happen or where we will be at a certain age. Like I definitely like had perceptions of like, oh, I'm going to accomplish this, this or that or do this, this and then. Uh, this, this, or that by age 25 or age 30. And um, now I'm just like more so living in the moment. Um, I think the pandemic also like really, really threw things uh, into disarray where people were more so like forced to come away from that timeline a little bit. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think the really cool part of, of the movie is she explores these different versions of her And um, she sees that, you know, she might be, she has like a celebrity version that's like super successful and living this very glamorous life. But in the celebrity version, she doesn't end up with um, her um, husband. So that's like 
I think you would consider him like the love of her life. So she doesn't end up with him. And um, you can see that there's like this emptiness in her life, even though she has all the glamour and she has the fame and money and all of that. So there's just these different versions of her and she gets to explore all those facets. But at the end of the day, I think she, she needed to like see these different, um, aspects to herself and how her life could have turned out to really feel content with where with how her life turned out so I think she needed to see that so the movie kind of comes full circle in that she um, is able to experience these different scenarios I mean I think uh, in one of them she's like this she's like this martial arts expert or something yeah she's like a martial Um, arts expert um she's a martial arts expert in real life I think Michelle Yeoh oh nice nice yeah it was very believable um so yeah she just has and then and another the one that you were talking about where she has this uh lesbian partner they have like hot dog hands or something so it's just this weird like bizarre situations but um it takes all of that for her to realize that you know she she is leading a very satisfying life for herself she just like needed that perspective to see it and I think that's what's so powerful is sometimes we get um we get into like uh what if this happened or you know should this have happened in my life and then sometimes we get away from the present moment and um everything with Evelyn sort of led her back to the present moment where she's just like okay, maybe I didn't achieve certain things in my life, or maybe I'm not as successful as, you know, I'm, I would have liked to be, but, um, the things that matter, like I've really succeeded in those areas. And that's something to be really proud of. Yeah, definitely. I really like multiverse theory for, um, similar reasons to what you were saying. Like, I like the idea of, there being like a million different Whitney's out there like doing different things and I think that idea is really interesting to me like um if you've seen Rick and Morty which is a show that I enjoy um there's like a whole bunch of different Ricks like in different multiverses and they all do different things but they all kind of center around this one Rick which is the main character that we follow um and so for that like I really liked the idea of her seeing the different Evelyns and how they all become a part of her um one really interesting relationship that I wanted to talk about was her relationship with Joy, which is, um, it's interesting because it's very different from your typical kind of immigrant mother-daughter story. So like there's a theme of motherhood where um, Joy becomes Jobu Tupaki, which is someone who I think a lot of immigrant children relate to in some ways. So when we meet Joy, Joy is a lesbian and she has a partner who she's bringing home to a Lunar Near event. And um, Evelyn can't really accept it, introduces um, the girlfriend to their grandfather as as a friend and all of that. And so um, that is yet one more example of intergenerational um, divide where you don't really talk about different parts of you. Um, and so it's like the pain of not being accepted is so painful that you want to turn that um desire into something that's even bigger than you and so ultimately that is jobu's Tupaki's storyline to where she takes all these little things like all these expectations of like being an immigrant child and um being a lesbian being different not going to college um and she wants to implode the multiverse with a black hole everything bagel and um i think that is an interesting way to illustrate like everything everywhere because she takes an everything bagel and puts everything in the universe every emotion she's ever felt every thought she's had um to quote her the pain of having her as a mother having evelyn as a mother on this bagel and um i think that relationship is um very relatable um even though kind of surreal yeah and i mean i think the relationship between mother and daughter was just like there, there was this aspect that was super just like familiar to me. I think um, just that aspect of like Joy wanting to um, not necessarily make her family proud, but she just had this like feeling of 
being a disappointment almost to her family. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that um, a lot of immigrant children kind of struggle with is not not being a disappointment, but just just this feeling of having to live up to expectations or achieve certain things or be compared to other people, um, like be compared to your cousins or whatever. Um, so um, I, th- I think there, you know, Joy had a lot of pressure on her, um, especially being, you know, just the only child for that family. Um, and um, she's kind of like a little bit aloof and listless, which I really related with because, you know, sometimes the Asian stereotype is that you have everything figured out in your life um, and you're like on top of things and all of that. And this was, I think, a really nice um, representation of just like this this person who is still figuring everything out and who is kind of like just like a little bit stuck in life, but um, moving forward and trying the best that they can. Um, so I, I thought it was conveyed really well. And Joy to me was like one of the most relatable characters. I, I enjoyed her character a lot um, just because I can relate to that daughter perspective a lot so um I just thought that whole relationship was really um exquisite and um like I said I'm not like a super big sci-fi fan but the drama portion of this movie really like latched on to me or like I latched on to it and um there's this moment um nearing the end of the movie where um Evelyn the mother she sort of just like has this like deeper conversation with her daughter where she's just kind of like conveying that, you know, like she could have had all these different versions of her life, but the life that she would choose over and over again is the life with her daughter. And I just thought that was the sweetest thing because um, that was when you really saw like Evelyn, like really accept how her life turned out and not only accept it, but like really embrace it. And um, you also saw the daughter, like there was relief in her face because um, she's she's just been thinking like all this time that she's been kind of like a disappointment or like her life hasn't turned out the way her mom wanted it to. But um, she just, it, it, there's just relief on both sides. And I think um, that dynamic, mother and daughter dynamic is definitely very prevalent in um, Asian culture. I think also by the end of the film, you see that Evelyn has a lot of more empathy than she did at the beginning of the film. I think at the beginning of the film, she has a very familiar feeling of like, well, this is how I want you to be. Like, this is how it's always been done. Like, why can't you just be this way um, toward Joy slash Jobu? And so I think after um, going through all of the multiverses and ultimately being faced with the bagel, um, there's a part where Joy tells Evelyn to let her go and um, this happens a couple times where she wants to Joy wants to jump into the bagel because that she created to just like feel nothing because she's felt all of these different things like every range of emotion and all these extremes um, and this happens in a couple of multiverses but in different um, ways um, one of my favorite multiverses is when they're sentient rocks in a universe where life didn't survive so um you might see i'm sure people have seen the symbolism of like the googly eyes on things so there's googly eyes everywhere and that's kind of become a memeable thing right now where um you have the sentient rocks with the googly eyes and so they're these rocks and they talk to each other but life hasn't survived on this um multiverse with the exception of rocks that talk to each other and so you see like the rock that represents joy, like scoot farther and farther away and says, get away from me. And then the rock that represents Evelyn is like chasing her and they both fall off a cliff together. And so that was a very kind of literal illustration of like, um, of smothering where it's like, if you're going to, if you keep trying to smother this person, they're going to like, you're going to fall off a cliff and hurt each other. Um, that's how I took it. And so I thought that was really interesting. So you see it a few times where joy just like says like, let me go, like, go away. And um, Evelyn doesn't, she never really completely lets go, but she does develop a lot more empathy. Like, even at the end, Joy is like, 
you know, we're, we're just better off if we're not talking to each other. And then that's when you see the kind of switch that Evelyn has instead of yeah. like, why can't you just like be this way to having a little more empathy? Um, even though ultimately they never let go of each other, but it's not that joy. It's not even like joy wants Evelyn to go away. It's because she's been hurt so many times. She's like, well, maybe this is just the best thing for us to do. Then I'm going to scoot off the cliff. Yeah. And I think like the rock scenario was, it also just like illustrated this, like it it did illustrate the, like this smothering kind of love that sometimes mothers can have, um, especially overbearing mothers. But it also like, I think it also conveyed just like the unconditional love that mothers can have. And that was definitely like, something you could see with Evelyn that she would like lay her life out for her daughter. Um, and, um, you know, sometimes that can be like, that can come across as too much, especially for younger generations. But, um, I think it also really conveyed that older generation perspective of like really putting your children first and, and that kind of thing. So I thought that was powerful as well. Um, where, Evelyn is kind of just like, I'm going to be here for you to joy, like no matter what, like whether you want me or not, um, I'm going to be here. And I, I just thought that that is powerful. It's just like that unconditional um, aspect of it. Do you think that Evelyn also, even though she has this unconditional love for joy, um, no matter how she ends up, do you think that she also has learned to take things back for herself as well. Cause that is a common thing that we see in a lot of mothers, especially where it's like in society, they're like, Oh, um, I need to put my children first all the time forever and always. And then they kind of lose themselves. But um, I thought that in this movie, because Evelyn saw herself in different areas, she, um, it kind of set a spark for her to do her own things as well, because joy has to figure things out on her own as well. Lest she, explodes everything with this everything bagel yeah I think um I think like towards the end of the movie um uh we see like Evelyn like um just like kiss her husband in the end and it's like a sweet moment um where they're sort of like reconnecting um and they've just had this marriage that has um really become distant over the years to the point where her husband is like thinking about uh, asking for a divorce. So, um, I think she, you know, like towards the end of the movie, she sort of realizes there's different aspects to her life that she can really participate in and not just be like, um, not just be like a bystander in her life. Cause I think she was kind of like observing her life in a way and like watching it pass her by which I feel like is a very relatable thing to a lot of people sometimes life just happens to you and you're not really like living or sometimes you're just surviving and um I think uh towards the end of the movie she's more so much more present and connected with the people around her like she's still like she's still Evelyn and she still has her like judgmental ways like we we see her like um, connect with um, her daughter's uh, partner a little more um, but it, it, I think she says like to the partner like like she like it's it's a nice relationship but she also like says something like snarky like like get a haircut or something so Asian yeah so it's like typical Asian mom like you know you show you show your love but like a backside backhanded compliment as well so um yeah I I think towards the end, she really started to really claim her life a little more. I think she didn't really take ownership of her life in some ways. And towards the end, she, um, she was really much more present and, um, just seemed to be much more like happy. And, you know, I mean, isn't that what we're all searching for is, is happiness. And, um, I think that is something she found, um, I, I think she she may have thought like she needed more or like to live a different life to attain that happiness. But um, all of the whole movie just basically serves to show her that the happiness has always been there. She just needed to claim it. So I think that was one of the most powerful messages of the movie. Absolutely. I also think that um, 
for Evelyn, she finds a way to like these different parts of her. Um, I really enjoyed watching her go into the different multiverses as the different Evelyns because she's still the same person. It's not like you see two Evelyns in a room together. Um, which sometimes multiverses are like that, where like you come face to face like with another multiverse version of yourself. But that was kind of cool where the it really showed how they're all the same person. But um I really like how she not just accepts her particular situation she also learns to accept Timmy I think she learns to accept the different parts of the multiverses where like she learns these skills and um they really um help her out in the long run so like one of the most interesting multiverses for me was when Deidre is in love with the IRS accountant person um Jamie Lee Curtis's character I'm not remembering her name right now but um I think for me that was the greatest empathy challenge and that was the greatest like kind of um acceptance challenge for Evelyn because she's forced to think her worldview in so many ways like she has to find a way to love a universe in which Deidre that's her name Deidre is her life partner and she you see that she's homophobic or at least um is embarrassed of like knowing a different knowing a lesbian like at the beginning of the movie so it's like in this universe she's a lesbian and she has a culture and a body that um alpha evelyn just finds really grotesque there's like a mating ritual with the hot dogs that like is represented on television and it's just completely normal and um they have arguments about menial stuff that a lot of couples argue about and she has to learn to enjoy that and um to see all of the different evelyns accept their um their parts in the universe like the movie star Evelyn she doesn't end up with the person who is her husband but she accepts that um and they have an honest conversation about how that didn't happen so um I thought that was really cool to see see her character evolve and find beauty in all of the universes um even the sentient rocks like I think that was they said at one point that it was it's kind of peaceful to just like be a sentient rock I imagine it would be like a very so a very laid back life to yeah. just be a rock like overlooking a cliff. You're just chilling like all the time. Yeah, or maybe you're exactly. not because climate change, but yeah. Or you have your mom like right next to you. Oh my god. Could you stuff. imagine? Just like, um <laughs> you have a chip in your rock. I don't know. That's what my mom would say. There's a chip in your rock. Scratch. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, we kind of like touched upon it, but like what what were your like favorite moments in the movie? I feel like for mine, um, I really enjoyed seeing like the celebrity Evelyn. Um, I just like that whole like glamorous Hollywood lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and I think like, I don't know if this is universal, but I think like maybe at some point, like everyone thinks of themselves like in that celebrity way, like what, like, like thinks of themselves like as, um, you know, like how their life would be if they were a celebrity. So I thought that was super relatable. Um, and, um, that was one of my favorite parts. And I think, um, uh, towards the end another part that I liked is when uh Evelyn was more accepting of her daughter um and her partner and she was she like introduced them to um the grandfather and um she she basically like connected that like literally like connected hands and um I thought that was really cool to to see her just kind of shift away from like these old ways of thinking and um really like embrace who her daughter is in the present and um, really show support for that. Um, regardless of like her own beliefs, her, her own views, like, she, you know, I think her, her love for her daughter, you could see was, um, was much more expansive than any limiting beliefs. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um and then, and then the final, like not the final conversation, but one of the more pivotal conversations between uh, Joy and Evelyn, where Evelyn is just like, I would always choose this life and I would always choose you. I thought just was so beautiful and like kind of romantic, like it's just like this idea that you could 
you know, have all the options in the world or have like all the fame or uh, wealth in the world. And you would just choose this very like ordinary life and even a life that has like a bunch of struggles. Um, but you would choose it, you know, because of the people around you and the people that you love. And I think that's, um, that was one of my favorite moments of the movie. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of different moments that I enjoyed. It's like with this movie, I don't really see it as I don't feel like it's very cohesive. Like my brain hasn't hadn't processed it as like a cohesive thing. It's like a collection of scenarios that this person is in and it's all threaded together in like a anthology almost. Um so it's like you get a taste of all these different of lens in a couple hours. But um favorite moments I really liked a lot of the different universes like I loved the sentient rocks I think that's hilarious and like really simple where it's like you it's like it's kind of nihilistic in a way where it's like nothing really matters and there's also an underlying nihilistic message from Jobu where it's like nothing matters and this is why I'm putting everything on a bagel like because nothing matters and we can literally just be rocks um I also really liked the fact that they celebrated Chinese or Lunar New Year. They celebrated Lunar New Year, despite the fact that they have the IRS on their ass. Like I, that's just Asian joy right there. Like, I think that a lot of folks in our communities, our diaspora are conditioned to be really anxious about things where it's like, oh, IRS on your trail. I mean, of course, that's a very anxiety inducing kind of um, situation, but it's like, if you have different things going on where you're like oh I gotta work later oh I gotta um take care of the baby or I gotta do something there's always something that often gets in the way of your joy and so I thought that was really interesting and that was really cool to me to see that they were like you know IRS is on my ass but I'm still gonna you know it's lunar new year I'm gonna hold a party at my shitty laundromat and that's what we're gonna do and I I loved that um I also liked the um glamorous Evelyn I didn't necessarily I enjoyed her aesthetic more than anything I didn't necessarily enjoy her storyline as much as I enjoyed some of the other Evelyn's but I really liked her aesthetically like I love old Hollywood um some of my wedding is going to be inspired by old Hollywood and so it's like um I love that aesthetic and I do agree that a lot of us in America especially like because of celebrity worship culture who are like oh what would it be like if I got to wear this really like beautiful sparkly but uncomfortable outfit to an award show that um people are going to be watching um so i think that's really cool to see um it's kind of like a um it's also cool to see asian people in glamorous settings like that it's like seeing like them as the love interest them as beautiful them as um a star like something that not a sidekick or not a, a villain um so i thought that was really cool um, I also liked seeing overall seeing Evelyn's character arc of getting more empathy. Um, especially like she never says, "Oh, I expect I accept your lesbianness," like to Joy. But I think it's felt in a lot of ways, and a lot of people don't get that. Um, so I think for it's important to have POC movies reflect different intersections of being marginalized where it's like I think it's important to have people of color who are queer I think it's important to have people of color who are disabled I think there it's important to not see people of color as this um in the Asian community like this perfect kind of being who like can do no wrong like I think it's okay to be mediocre I think it's okay to have different life experiences and you're still just as valuable and it doesn't detract just because you carry the entire community on your shoulders like you don't have to do that so um i think it's important for us and people who are younger than us to see those um moments that they may or may not get from their parents for sure um and we also have listed um as like a memorable memorable moment um the whole storyline of rakakuni oh so, i love rakakuni yes yeah so rakakuni basically is if you've ever seen that disney pixar movie um ratatouille it's 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 kind of following that storyline a little bit except it's a raccoon instead of a rat that's like helping this chef like achieve success and um the raccoon in this movie is just like 
really um it's it's something else it's not like the, the most well-made <laughs> raccoon it's just like this odd little raccoon that's like helping this uh this like chef like really like achieve star status um and um yeah it's it's just like this like bizarre storyline but again I think it does go to show in the very end Evelyn is like um very supportive of Rakakuni and um his owner um or not owner but his uh his his, his partner buddy. Mm-hmm. yeah his buddy and um yeah I, I, that this this movie was just weird you know like it was weird <laughs> but it, in a good way it was it was really like out there like I mean like a raccoon um I don't know like I don't even know how it fits into the story but it does it doesn't but like no it does but it doesn't like with yeah. Rakakuni I, I like Rakakuni because it's just like it's bad taxidermy like it kind of looks like they got him from like a prop house they were going through the props they were looking for things to do they found the googly eyes they found the rocks and they were like oh we got to get that raccoon too so they like got the raccoon like that's how that's my head canon about how some of these props like got into this movie um they just like found that raccoon they were like yes he's a character now he's a star but um yeah he's got the skills of this michelin starred chef and that's another example of like having an asian person ask for help and like need that support and also quite frankly be kind of mediocre and like um I think that's that's really cool to have somebody have a person of color have an Asian person be in that situation where they're like oh I'm gonna have this raccoon teach me how to cook be a Michelin starred chef um and I also love the song like there's a song that Rakakuni sings with the buddy that's really cute um it's it's hilarious (laughs) um yeah it's it's quite strange but I I liked it I I rewound it a couple times to watch it. it was so funny that's hilarious um yeah I I think there's like that word that you use mediocrity I think that's something that's like an underlying theme like throughout the movie and what makes this movie so great is I feel like um for certain groups um you know like uh for for Asian Americans or children of immigrants or immigrants themselves like there is this perception that you need to like attain a certain level of success to then consider your life successful. And there's just this like theme throughout the movie where we see like people just like living very average, mediocre lives and being dissatisfied with that, but mm-hmm. um, then attaining satisfaction in the end. Um, and I think um, it, it goes to show that you don't need to have this like extraordinary life to be a success, to be, to be a success. Like you can have an extraordinary life and just like still be a success. And, um, I like that. I liked how, you know, you didn't have to, you didn't have to achieve anything or, um, like attain anything to be a success you just had to be and I think that's something that joy discovers in the very end as well like she um she she has a lot of like uh she feels a lot of pressure to be successful and in the end she's just sort of like moving more towards just like being happy with where she's at um which is someone who is still trying to figure out how to be an adult and who's still trying to figure out things but is showing up for their life you know so um i thought that was uh that was a really cool theme that they incorporated and i think that anyone who has ever grown into adult knows like even if none of us are willing to admit it um, none of us know what we're doing and we're just taking it day by day and we're just trying to figure our stuff out. And so I think that is a great um, extra layer of not just POC representation, not just Asian representation um, um, in this situation, but um, it's like, we're all just figuring our stuff out and we're not always this, we're not always these um, crazy not crazy, but like larger than life, extraordinary um, beings. Yeah, like like math whizzes or like just like absolute academic stars. Yeah. Like that's the that's the stereotype. And with Joy, you see like someone who's just like very average. And 
um, she feels like this disappointment of being that way. That's the way to be like, that's the norm, you know? And I think um, uh, that's something Evelyn also struggled with. Um, and I think uh, as the movie like comes to a close, you see both of them just like be very, um, just just like gain that acceptance of being average. And I think um, that's that's a that's a hard thing to do within the community because you have so many expectations. You have family expectations, you have societal expectations, you have parental expectations. And um, towards the end, I mean, I think they both should just kind of um, just kind of put those expectations to the side a little bit and actually start living their lives. And then at the end, you also see like, um, it's kind of, it's a movie, right? So it's got like this kind of semi-happy ending where Deirdre's like, oh, maybe we can figure something out together. Because like, you know, throughout this movie, like even though Evelyn's going through all these multiverses, IRS is still on her ass. So like you just, um, at the end, Deirdre and Evelyn connect with each other and Deirdre's like, you know, we can figure something out. Like she, at the beginning, she's such a threatening character where she's like, you give me all these receipts like there's no um there's all these business write-offs that don't make sense like none of this makes sense like you're not paying your bills like what's going on here and then by the end there isn't really a we don't get to see how that has um evolved but it seems like they're on the right track so they don't end up homeless they don't end up um nothing bad truly happens to them by the end like they're trying to figure stuff out but I kind of like that if they must if they feel the need to have this kind of neatly wrapped ending where things aren't just completely a mess by the end um I think it's cool to see that it's a work in progress where it's like they're not completely out of the woods with the IRS but they're they have so they have an ally in Deirdre now to help them out a bit as long as you show up to the meetings yeah exactly um yeah, and you just see this like in the very end, like um, Evelyn is sitting at the IRS office and she's just like listening to everyone talk and just smiling to herself. And you just like really see this like just like happiness of like just where her life is at in the current moment. And I thought that was great because I mean, like I'm a big fan of uh, Eckhart Tolle, I think, you know, so um, just like um that that this movie very much emphasizes like really living in the present even when Evelyn was in the multiverses it really emphasized like being in the multiverse and being that character um and um I thought I thought that was like one of the most profound messages of the movie is just to really be happy with where you're at like not think too much about the future or the past or think about what could have been or should be um but just like very actively participate in your life as it's going on right now which um you know Eckhart Tolle he has this uh, quote that says like it's this really cool quote that says like most people wait their whole lives to start living um, and it just like kind of goes to show that uh, the quote goes to show that, um, you know, many people are kind of like stuck in the past or they're thinking or worrying about the future and they're not really living in the present. And um, in the end, you see Evelyn like more connected to the present moment and just like appreciating everything that she has Um and seeing the success that she has in her life. And maybe it's not like the typical success that, you know, like a, um, might be like expected of an Asian woman or an immigrant Asian woman, but it's, it's a success nonetheless. So um, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I think it's very cool. This episode might be out by the time the Oscars are over, because I don't know when they are. I don't live in LA anymore. But um. Do you think it's going to win? I think it'll sweep. I think it'll win all the awards. Yeah, I mean, it it, it has done really good in like a, other award shows. So I feel like that's a good indicator for how it's going to do at the Oscars. Um, but yeah, I mean, having like a mainly Asian cast and um, 
having this kind of representation more and more is just really amazing to see. Um, and it's not like we have like a lot of like representation. I feel like sometimes some of these like movies or TV shows come up like Squid Game or things like that, where the storytelling and like the um, acting is just so excellent that like people have no choice but to watch almost. And um, so I I feel like um, there is more representation, but I also just feel like the quality of work that's being put out um, is, is just um, really has increased. Definitely. I mean, I also think that even though things have gotten better over the past couple of years, like we have Squid Game, we have... Um... We have a character in Bridgerton that's a main character the second season. We have this. We had Parasite that has also won Best Picture before. I think it would suck if it just stopped at these, right? Like we, like we have to catch up. Like all people of all POC media has to catch up to like years and years and years of just like white media just sweeping everything. And so, um, I think it we can't really stop here. It has to be like, oh well, you got two Best Pictures, like um for the asian community it's like no we need more like it's it'll be good to have um more as time goes on so i think we're on it's a cool it's a cool progression um i still don't really care about the oscars that much but it seems like enough people do to like have that influence what they watch and so for me i'm like you know if i if the oscars help um other asian creatives get get money get paid get their foot in the door for their creative projects sure like that's cool yeah and I think it's like it's just like high like these kinds of projects like um everything everywhere um squid game um parasite like these kinds of projects had just have this like impeccable storytelling and acting aspect to it that like we're seeing get rewarded which is really nice to see um, because there was a time in the Oscars where there was like, there was a time when there was no like black nominees, right. Um, or like, or like, black, I forget what the controversy was, but it was just very poor lack of representation. And I think there was also a controversy at some point where they like found out that there was no like, um, people like people of color, I think on the Oscar voting board or something. I, I'm, I'm not too sure about the details, but um, it's, it's just great to see um, these very diverse movies that are crossing a lot of intersections, whether it be race or sexuality or whatsoever, and um, really getting recognition for it. So I'm really like happy that we watched it. And uh, like I said, it's not my usual cup of tea, but I, I enjoyed the storytelling aspect of it and I enjoyed the overall message of it. I thought it was powerful. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I think it's a common complaint that I have with a lot of movies that are being churned out right now. I think as millennials get older, um, like Disney and Pixar, they're like just churning out CGI versions of our childhood movies and I hate it and I haven't watched any of them. Um, just like mostly circumstantially, like I just don't make the time or like put the money towards going to see them. But um, I think everything everywhere all at once, it's a truly unique film. It's nothing like you've ever seen before. I think it can, if you're into sci-fi, if you're into fantasy, you can find different themes like multiverses, um, immigrant stories, um, superpowers, gaining superpowers suddenly. Like, I think those are certain things that you can see, but you haven't seen it like this before. And um. I think you'll enjoy it. And I think I'll have to watch it again. Like I've, I've only seen it once. And so um, I think if I watch it again, like even if I watch it like a year from now, I might pick up things that I didn't see the first time. It's one of those where the more you watch it, you're like, Oh, I didn't see that like minor detail. Um, So I think, I think everyone should watch it. It goes by really quickly. It's kind of a long movie, but it goes by, quickly i'm like oh we're already halfway through like when we were watching it um yeah so we're we're excited to see what happens like during the rest of the award season and uh we we definitely hope that this gets you know it's con continues to get the recognition that it deserves um 
but yeah, that kind of sums up our episode for everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, and we hope you enjoyed it. If you watch the movie, um, you, you know what we're talking about with the everything bagel and different aspects of the story. If you didn't watch the movie, watch it. It's, it's a great, um, it's a great film. And, um, yeah, no matter what your genre is, um, I think it has, uh, aspects, um, that are relatable to everyone. And, um, uh, it, it's, it's just very unique storytelling. Like it's not a remake or it's not like the fifth cycle of like a movie that's already been made 20 years ago. It's completely original. And, um, uh, yeah, I think we really enjoyed it and we hope to see it continue to succeed. Um, yeah. And I also hope that I really want to see more weird films. <laughs> like I, like with everything everywhere all at once, like it's truly unique. Like I'm really sick of seeing like um, Mission Impossible 50. Like I don't know how many yeah. of those there are, but there's a lot of different films where they just do reboot after reboot after reboot. And um, I just don't care. Like I want to see more. I want to see more weird, like surrealistic films with compelling storylines. So I hope this or sets like, the precedent. Yeah. yeah. Like no offense to like the Marvel fans, but like, there's All too these, many of like, them. different superhero movies mm -hmm. like how many times can you say like tell the same super I understand that concept yeah. of a superhero is very alluring but how many times can you like just like repackage the same superhero story I agree I think there's um there's a lot of them like with the Mar with Marvel in particular DC I'm like man even if I wanted to get into this like I just feel like there isn't enough time there's like yeah, 30 movies yeah. out now yeah so i don't know um so if you know of any other weird interesting media send it our way like we love that yeah we'll we'll take a look and maybe we can even review it um we've done so in the past and yeah that would be amazing just uh just let us know um on our social media comments but yeah that sums up our episode for today on everything everywhere all at once uh, thank you for listening. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at build community. That's B U I L D C O M M U N I T E A. And uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback on this episode and past episodes. And you can always uh, connect with us on there as well. So thank you for listening and we will see you next episode.